to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bignage. Today I'm here with Jordan from Bleed American. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on to the show. So we just finished listening to your song, um, Dead of the Night, which was from your um, very recently released uh, second full-length album called It Probably Isn't, which was released on January 5th. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you very That's much. very exciting. Uh, I was caught off a guard a little bit with that ending, the little... Yeah, happy, no, I the guess, happy song. <laughs> I guess whoever wrote this little light of mine just got a little royalty check there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we should have cleared that, but I think it's cool. But um, I just like oh, that's a little evil, I, <laughs> a little dark, but cool though. Um, so for people who are listening, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Bleed American? Bleed American is a four-piece pop rock, pop punk, punk rock band. Uh, we started in 2014. Uh, And since then, we've released uh, an EP, we've released two full-length records, and we've actually also released a live album, which we, you know, occasionally put up online for a limited time. And uh, yeah, we've toured across Canada, we've done Western Canada, Eastern Canada, Um, our music's been featured on uh, Exclaim, all sorts of stuff like that, and uh, we've made one mu- two music videos, one with an iPhone, which was a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. just us giving the middle finger in slow motion for like three minutes. That was great. <laughs> and then we did one, and then I think we just decided we don't like making music videos anymore, so we don't make them. Oh, so, okay. But that's that's that band in a nutshell. It's just it's my brother and I, and then... Um, What's your brother's name? My brother's name is Matthew, mm-hmm. and he's one year younger than I am. And then um, it features um, my two other best friends, Jordan Naganchin and Jared Mikulajczyk. i got to make sure I don't butcher that name. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. He won't let you forget it. No. Uh, and what do you guys all play in the band? I play guitar and sing. Uh, my brother Matt plays bass and sings. And Jared plays drums. And Jordan plays guitar. Jordan's very quiet. The other jo- There's two Jordans in the band. Sorry for that confusion. That's okay. But that's not that's not yeah. unhe- unheard of. Well, yeah, I know, but like, I don't know. It feels weird because like a lot of my best friends are named Jordan. Oh, I have like a, probably three or four of them, and it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We and nobody wants to budge on what they're called. So yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I uh, growing up, I had a, a really close friend who's also named Ashley, and we had to be called like. And my friends tried to say Ashley one and Ashley two, and I was not going to take Ashley two. Yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> You're Ashley number yeah, one, always. And I'm not Ashley B. I'm just Ashley. So yeah. I totally understand. Um, but it works out you, as long as you're comfortable with explaining that there is a difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> one's, one's you know, very, very quiet, and then I'm the other one, so... Yeah, it talks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just too, assuming. <laughs> too much. Too much. Too uh, much. So who uh, who would you say inspires the music? 
Oh, we're named after a Jimmy Eat World album. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. When we named the band, my brother came up with the name, and he was like, we should call ourselves Bleed American. Like, I don't think anyone listens to that band anymore, and they're sick. And then we were proven really wrong. Like I was going to say, what? Yeah. Like, we saw them. <laughs> we all went and saw them last spring, and it was sold out at the Garrick. Like, for sure, people still love and care about that band. But one of the things that I love about that band is that their music seems to... It doesn't seem to age as poorly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, you're probably into Simple Plan when you're younger. Try to listen to, like, I'm Just a Kid at, like, 30. It's mm-hmm. so bad. And, like, they're still, <laughs> like, they're, like, 40 years old, still playing that in arenas. Same music, and, yeah. And, like, I don't know, there's something about Jimmy World's music that, like, still, it approaches the same topics, but just with a, a, a like, a much more mature kind of okay. touch. And okay. I love that about that band. Okay. Um so is there any kind of confusion with that kind of stuff when you when you do shows or no there was only recently i found a band called bleed american that's just a tribute to jimmy world but are they like canadian or i think no i think they're australian i saw them on facebook or something or maybe something got tagged with them and it ended up on our page Mm -hmm. but no there's there's never really been some confusion but i know when when uh deborah ramus used to put us on absolute punk all the time uh, a lot of the users really like gave us the gears over the name. They're like, "Oh yeah, you guys think you're Jimmy at World Day," eh? and we're like, "Well, no, we just really like their music yeah. and really appreciate it." Yeah, like it's and also it's not like we're the first band to name ourselves after another band's work. Like mm-hmm. the stories so far, Man Overboard or whatever. Those are all bands that are named after other bands' work. So yeah. whatever. So yeah, I mean, and do would you say that your music is like heavily inspired by Jimmy at World, or just like you appreciate their music and? It, yeah, you like, take the title. I don't know. Like lately, I don't really listen to a lot. Of, like I work as a recording engineer, so I'm always recording local bands. I'm always listening to music, and I find that by the time I'm done doing that for a day, I just I don't really want to listen to music. I just want to like watch hockey or mm-hmm. play video games, just something to melt my mind. So I don't listen to too much stuff. I very rarely listen to anything new anymore. I find that Jordan who will now call Jorb for the rest Jorb. of the Yeah, Jorb. Was, right. He took a different name. Yep. Um, he listens to a lot of different stuff, and he kind of like, I kind of bounce off him. So he brings a lot to the table for me to work with. And like when he comes to practice or, you know, or jam or whatever, and he's got like something really cool, like that kind of gets it going. So I guess Jorb is like my main inspiration. Oh, wow. That's yeah. lovely. In the same band. I'm sure he'll love hearing that. Yeah, I'm your inspiration. Wonderful. Um, so how did you get involved in music? Did you grow up playing music or how, how did that happen? Well, I... My gro- my upbringing was pretty similar, I think, to everyone's. Like, your parents listen to music, right? Like, my parents had LPs, and, you know, I would wreck them because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what children do. Yeah. Um, Scratch them up. And yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Destroyed them. And I'm sure they're still mad at me to this day, but whatever. Sorry, yeah. Mom. Sorry, yeah. Dad. It's probably digital now, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I have to show them how to use it, but. Oh. Um, yeah, and, like, my dad played guitar, so I was always listening to him playing guitar growing up and stuff like that. And when I guess, like, when I turned 10, all I wanted was a red Fender Stratocaster, which is weird because it's a guitar I wouldn't touch with a barge pole now. But, hey, whatever. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I got my first guitar at 10. And I couldn't play it. Like, my hands were too small and it sucked. But my dad was like, I spent good money on this, so you're going to learn and you're going to put the time in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess about two years after doing that, it finally, like, clicked a little bit for me. 
But I was living in a town of like a thousand people. Where were you living? St. Anne, Manitoba. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, All yeah right. French town. Mm-hmm. Bunch of Habs fans, unfortunately. <laughs> and so when I wanted, when it came time to like start playing music with other people, it was like, oh, there's no drummers around. So I guess I'll spend my money on a drum kit and learn how to play that too. So I learned how to play that. And, you know, so now like at, at 28, I'm, I'm, I can, I'm a multi-instrumentalist. I can play a bunch of different instruments and there were no singers. Nobody wanted to do it. So I decided to make a fool of myself and mm-hmm. sing. Yeah. And so 10 years later, I still do that. Yeah. Good, good job. <laughs> um, so <laughs> when you were first learning, what kind of music were you, uh, really into? Oh, I, I loved Blink-182. I could play like Anima of the State, like all the way through. Some 41's All Killer, No Filler. I could play all those songs all the way through and like those were really really important growing up and then those like gatewayed into like no effects and rancid and bad religion and then like i don't know as you get older you realize like i i'm in i'm at the U of W in the business faculty which is like the most unpunk rock thing to do no kidding yeah like <laughs> but it's smart like it's what you really should be doing if you want oh yeah like and like uh, before i before that i was working in education telling dumb teenagers what to do mm-hmm so like I went from like being like a uh, you know punk rock anti authority all that stuff anti anti authority yeah and, th- and then I was like oh wait now I have to tell younger versions of myself what to do yeah and then I got tired of that and I was like this sucks and now I'm just gonna go do a business degree so I don't know like it music like that just kind of wears on me like mm-hmm. intellectually it just bums me out because it's like you know. How can you really be an anti-capitalist band when your when your music is commercially available? Mm-hmm. Well, so, like, it becomes its own kind of genre at that point, right? And I don't like I don't think there's anything wrong with exploiting music commercially. So, <laughs> no. you know, like if they want to put a Bleed American <laughs> song in a Huggies commercial, that's sick. I'll take it. Um, sure. Yeah. All right. So yeah, like that's and then yeah, like I guess the early two thousands kind of brought about like that new wave of pop punk, which was like more pop based and more singing based and i really got into stuff like that like starting line yellow card uh yellow card i still maintain is the best band i've ever seen really they're all classical musicians they opened opened with a 10 minute classical piece i was like only 15 so i didn't appreciate it at the time but i wish with a classical piece so was it like traditional like all like acoustic instruments or did they use the instruments they had no all all acoustic instruments like the guitar player wasn't on guitar he was on like cello it was bizarre like at the time i was like i said too young to appreciate it but wow really really talented group of musicians and like that's like so nerdy i love love it (laughs) and like now now as like a producer engineer like i've grown to like just appreciate anything that's well done like you know Mm -hmm. even if it's something like like you will catch our band sitting around listening to justin bieber stuff Mm because it's just like it's incredibly performed and produced it's you know and written it's really well done yeah like there's a reason i I, people give a lot of hate to especially pop artists but there's a reason why this all works out like sometimes it's because of just like sheeple but um there are really good like one of his new songs like um love yourself or whatever yeah it's amazing it's an incredible song it's 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 very different from his older stuff yeah but he evolved and it's it's a very well-written song yeah and like people people think like oh like they just auto-tune them or whatever. Like, no, I don't necessarily. There, there has to be some kind of post-production involved. But well, for sure. There's post-production on our record, too. Exactly. Like, I did almost, it. <laughs> almost everything is, uh, has some kind of yeah. um, so, like, editing. 
like I don't know. I think it's hard to deny talent. Like even you know you look at a talent like Katy Perry, whose album had as many number one hits as Thriller. That's a stat that kind of goes unknown by people, but like mm-hmm. as many number one hits as Thriller, and it's a really good, like well written album. Which album? Teenage Dream. Yeah, that one. I was gonna say not yeah. her most recent. Not stuff. her most recent. I'm really no. disappointed in her most recent stuff. Likewise, same with Taylor Swift. Yeah, thank you. Her Reputation album. Is, it's bad. It's a pile of. It's not good. In my opinion, I don't like it at all. Neither does Jorb, and Jorb's like always like. Hey, man, yeah. you got to check out the her new... 1989 album so blew good. my mind, and I was so proud of her, and I got so excited, and now this new album, I'm just It's terrible. It's petty she's, and... She's wrapped up inside her, herself, I think, too much. Yeah. That's my... Like, who am I yeah. to say, like, she makes more money in a minute mm-hmm. than I'll make in a lifetime, yeah. but, like, that's... <laughs> the impression I get is that all the songs are about her now, and it's harder to relate to because her life isn't it's, very yeah. relatable anymore. No, and it's, it's so specific... I mean, right. if you if you're, when you're younger, you could probably like turn anything into, about yourself. Yeah, but I just I totally agree. It's weird they're talking about pop, uh, like pop, pop, pop with like a pop punk. I mean, it kind of goes together, but I didn't expect the like, conversation to go this that's way. What, but that's what Matt and I grew up listening to. Yeah, you know, Matt and I grew up listening to Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, mm-hmm. Soul Decision, BB Max, Savage Garden, stuff like that. Like, and. Every time we play, always there's always like at least a half a dozen people who come up and go, "Oh man, you guys harmonies are so good." And it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's because we grew up listening to, you know, pop acts and you know yeah. having to sing, uh, having to sing in Mennonite churches. Yeah, so that's there you where go. it comes from. All the, the choral and choir stuff you might yeah. have had to learn, even through osmosis, you retain that those understanding, those harmonies and everything. So that's yeah. wonderful. Back to the past, though. You so you were learning guitar. How did you go from? Just playing guitar, like in your own cover songs. How did you go from writing your own and then even performing them in front of an audience? Um, well, I, I, at that time, like, I don't know, when you're young, like, you can be bad and it's, you know, it's acceptable. And I'm much more, like, critical of myself now. But, like, at that time, we would just play, like, parties and stuff like that. Uh, we would try and get onto some local shows, but it was always really hard because mm-hmm. we were living an hour away. And then in 2008, was it always punk? Yeah, it was always okay. it was always punk. Like once once we realized that we couldn't like really do pop music. Like when you see a pop act, like it's a backtrack and like you know. Mm-hmm. So it was like I like the music, but it wasn't really there was the performance element of it was what was missing for me, and that's mm-hmm. where I feel like that merger between punk rock and and pop music is always kind of been it for us where we like the kind of melodic sensibilities of pop music but i like the performance aspect of punk music as well so Mm -hmm. and the energy yeah like it's it's just fun to play and um but yeah like when when we finally moved into the city in 2008 then it was a lot easier but then we didn't know anyone here and that's kind of where Jor- we met Jorb and Jared. We went, started going out to a couple of punk shows, and we eventually saw Jorb and Jared's old band. And, you Which know, was... uh, that would have been at the time the exception. Okay. That's really old. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> and then that became Kids and Heroes. And then they left that band, and they asked Matt and I, says, you guys want to start a band? Because at the time, Matt and I would just write and record our own music because I have my own studio so i can write i can write and record and release music whenever i want so so this albums are these albums that you have 
uh, recorded and, and released as uh, Bleed American. You you did all the mixing yep. and mastering and Everything. magic and yeah, very cool. We should talk about more about that in a little bit. I would love to. Cool. I love talking about that stuff. Yes, great. I'm excited. But we're gonna take a little break. Um, so we can listen to another song. We're gonna listen to the song uh, Comic Sans. Great uh, font. Yeah, like the font. The awesome font. Yeah, well, I, I when I saw that in your in your list from the album, I was very curious as to why you called it that. Okay, I have a good friend of mine. His name's Nick Herzog. He's a graphic designer. And I basically just did it to make him really mad. Because every graphic designer <laughs> is just like, I hate Papyrus and I hate Comic Sans. And yeah. we originally released this song actually as a single in 2016. And all the cover was, is it said Bleed American and Comic Sans. And then it just said LOL. LOL. <laughs> That's all it said. Like, <laughs> you know, so it was like a, it was like a graphic designer's nightmare. So it was so. like anti-graphic designers, which yeah. you really are. Yeah. Okay, so everyone, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Binyash. I'm here with Jordan from Bleed American. And you're now listening to their song, Comic Sans, uh, from It Probably Isn't.
everyone. Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. It's still Ashley Banyash. I'm still here with Jordan from Bleed American. We just finished listening to their song Comic Sans um, from the album It Probably Isn't, which was released this month on January 5th. It's available on Bandcamp. Um, iTunes. Else? iTunes. Spotify. Spotify. What are the other ones? Title. That's Jay-Z's like high-res version. I Yeah. Like, who uses how, that? How do you... Uh, how, who uses that? <laughs> okay, I, I don't even use it, so yeah. I, I, don't, I had heard about it. Uh, how did you get it on there? What did you just apply or? No, it's just you just use like an aggregate service like CD Baby or TuneCore okay. or DistroKid in our case is what we use. But mm-hmm. you just upload it and they like take care of everything, and then it just shows up in the stores on the day that you tell them to put it in the stores. Mm-hmm. And is that a streaming service? The one that Jay Z does or title? Is- yeah, titles. His okay, he. He, th- I guess it's like a high res, so it's like it's ninety six k or one ninety two even, just sample rate, because obviously there's no greater bit depth than twenty four. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. no k. It's just a high res streaming service, mm-hmm. which I think is crazy because I don't think people could hear that. But hey, I mean, there are al- maybe if they had the proper headphones or speakers. Yeah, like you would need like you would need like a good D to A converter, like a digital to analog converter, good headphones, probably good acoustic treatment too. Like I don't know. I listen I listen off Apple Music at like 320 MP3 and makes me happy. Mhm. I you know, this stuff this stuff's going a little over my head with all the numbers. Um but I know that that sounds good cuz I've been learning a little bit about yeah, that kind of stuff with Wave and versus MP3 and yep, um, it's all that all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of experience with that as, as um, a producer. Yeah, I have. Would that would you would that be your official title? Um, or what would you call yourself? I don't. I take. I ask for producer credit when I feel like I've really dug in with the band and their songs. Mm-hmm. So some some albums the band will have these songs written and they'll start sending me really ugly recordings of them, and I'll tell them like, hey. Um, this should repeat. You should cut a bar of this out. Um, this key sucks for your singer's voice. Raise it. This is too slow. This is too fast. So when I get, start getting into stuff like that, I'm now functioning as a producer for the band. Yeah. But a lot of the times I'm operating as, I, I call myself a recordist because I would hate to tell people that I'm equivalent to someone who fixes bridges, like an actual engineer. Yeah. So I don't say audio engineer. I just tell people I'm a recordist. I record and mix and master for bands and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what I've been doing for like the last 10 years, but in the last couple of years since going back to school, that's been like my main job. So. Okay. Um, do you have exp- uh, any experience with like musical theory or how f- songs function and form? No. You know what? I took a physics and music class okay. last semester at the U of W mm-hmm. and I did so bad. It was yeah. terrible. It was it was funny. And I took it with a friend of mine who's a, a quite skilled musician as well. He did pretty good. He seemed to get the theory and the physics of it a lot better than me. When it came to the acoustic stuff, I was fine. But the actual, like, some of that stuff is, like, it's really, really geeky. It's mm-hmm. re- even too geeky for me. And I, so I don't, I don't have any, like, classical theory. But I've been writing songs for a long time. And, like, I, you know, I've, I always pay really close attention to what makes a song work. And, like, there's a, there's a bit of a theory going now that, like, every 15 seconds there needs to be, like, something that grabs a listener. Okay. And I think you'll, you'll kind of notice that with our songs is that they always build to mm-hmm. something at the very end so like you kind of want it to be like a kind of like a, a climactic ride like that if you can so interesting but not not every band employs me in that 
role yep. you know you know certain metal bands don't uh you know country bands i've worked for they you know they don't care yeah. they they know what they want so yeah. i just work as like more of a technician on their their work mm-hmm. okay um segue to your uh your songwriting style i feel like that was a good point um how do you find inspiration and how do you start writing your songs for uh bleed american um sometimes they they're they can start in different ways that we're not i guess we're not listening to this one on today but there's a song on the record called worth and i had that whole thing like as it pretty much is on the record in my head it came to me while i was just taking a shower or something but i never brought it to the band because i thought it was too it's it's like a big rock song which isn't normally our style and sometimes you have the idea like completely laid out like in your head like you want the pattern to go this way tempo pitch the melody even like some of the lyrics maybe even mapped out and then other times i just hear something that jorb's playing and i'll play something over it and then jared and matt will join in and then there's some music to work over and then the melodies start coming and then once that's all framed out then you know you you do your lyric writing i do lyrics after i can't write lyrics and then make them work around stuff Mm -hmm. it's never worked for me but i don't never say never right like i always try and try things a little bit differently every every album so so uh what is your lyric writing process um well i try to be vague i don't like to be too specific i feel like uh, our previous album figured out is very specific about and, like, like a certain event. Yeah. Okay. Like very, very specific to a point where like people and people involved in the events like knew and they were like upset about it and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I try to be a bit more vague now. Like I try and make it in a way that like I can express what I'm feeling, but I think that somebody else can take it and relate it to what they're going through as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like a song like worth, like it's, I always, I always use the Beatles, I just want to hold your hand yep. as an example. Like, it's a great, like, it's super simple. Yeah. And, like, even on this, that song in reference, I was ref- referring to worth, the, the main hook is nothing feels worth it, which I think is a concept anyone can relate to. You know, it just, you know, it's... That can be it, applied to almost Yeah, anything. like, you can apply that to, to anything. So I try, I try and draw from my own experience in my own life but i also try and frame it in a way that i think somebody else can take it and and relate to it in their own way mm-hmm. what about your song my dream which we'll be listening to later yeah okay i can talk about that one so that one is the ba- the main crux of that song is just not feeling the same way about something that you did before like uh just friends and places all that stuff like i again i haven't been back to my hometown now and i've been back once in 10 years Uh, A lot of my friends, I don't have anyone from my high school. I just don't feel the same way about things like that as I did before. Like, you know, I love those people and places so much. And now, like, I just, you know, so it's it's just about getting older and realizing, like, you don't feel the same about something that you you once did. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, like that, that song came together really simple. I actually wrote the riff on that one by myself. Jorb didn't write it. I... Every time I get a new piece of equipment, I end up writing a new song on it. Like the first first test go of it, I always new equipment, new song, and I got I got some new guitar stuff, and that's what came out. So I really like that one. That one's currently my favorite one to play live, even mm-hmm. though it's kind of hard to sing. But I really like how that one came out. 
Like because of range or just it's demanding to sing? Or? It's demanding to sing because it starts in my low register mm. and then it switches to my high register. And then in the last chorus, it does the stupid trail in the last chorus because I wanted to be a show off and whatever. <laughs> on, the, in the, on the album, I think I did that like so many times trying to get it right. And now live, every time it comes up, I'm like, I can't actually perform this. <laughs> so you learned a lesson, I guess. Yeah. To be careful what you... Be careful what you try to do i guess in yeah we've been, we've been tuning our sets half step down as of late and it's been a lifesaver mm-hmm. we used to be like when we would tour we were like the worst band to see because i'd be i'd be either sick tired or drunk and we were just <laughs> we just weren't a good band to go and watch mm-hmm. and like and like people here i guess like we have a bit of respect from our peers here but like if they ever saw like how we played in like regina or toronto or Thunder Bay, they yeah we would we would lose some respect I think it was it was embarrassing. What changed? Oh, just when when we play here, like it's just one show, right? Like you you rehearse like three or four times to go and play like one forty minute set. Whereas when you're on tour, you're sleeping in your van, and not sleeping for me does the most damage to my voice. Like I can't sing without mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah. Um, and then you know like because you're on a road trip with your friends you're drinking and indulging too much and it's hard to like it's hard to be disciplined and be like oh no i should like save my voice for the show. like no it's fun like you know i want to have six beers with my friends in a parking lot instead which is stupid but yeah and a disservice to the people who've had to pay to watch that but sorry <laughs> um so you learned your lesson yeah but you know, so like I guess like here, like it's it's just different. It's a completely different ball game to play like one local show. Like we've we've played two shows in the last year. We played last July at the Park Theater. And we played last week at the Cavern, and I don't think we're gonna play again like until September. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a full length cover album. Oh, that's yeah. exciting! Why did you decide to do that? Uh, there's just a lot of songs that I really like. Like I like I. I don't want to like tease the whole thing away, but like, like I just love the song "Just Like a Pill" by Pink. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna do like a whole bunch of like great like late '90s, early 2000s radio hits, and like just put them on well, the like internet. a punk twist on them. Yeah, like kind of kind of give it our own take on it, and then we're just gonna put it on the internet and play a show. We might put a few of them in the set. We might not. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's just fun. Like now. It, the band's just kind of like our thing that we do for fun so it's you know now that we don't have to tour or make budgets or anything like that now it's just a lot more fun yeah why did you decide not to tour because of the lifestyle or it's it's expensive the last tour that we did our van broke in every single city and it was like six seven hundred dollars each time so it's like seven hundred dollars times five shows yeah, you're in the hole a lot of money, like, yeah. in any person's English. So, mm-hmm. and, like, the shows were good, but, like, we weren't. We were kind of bad. And, like, by the time you're done, like, you just resent each other. You're not having fun. Like, maybe we just probably did a bit too much too soon. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of bands, when they start, like, they release, like, a song, and then they play locally for, like, two years, and then they finally decide to, like, make a go of it. And whereas our band, we, like we had an ep right from the get-go and then a month later we were already starting to tour out west and then we came home wrote our first full length went out east went out west went out east again 
and then you know by the time like it was like the most condensed year and a half and by the time we finished all that we were just burnt out and broke mm-hmm. yeah did so did what did you like really learn from that experience that you could take if you were to tour again um as like a i guess a warning or yeah like it's fun but i would say like don't like pay like don't party too much make sure you get re- <laughs> make sure you get proper rest like especially if you're singing like make take care of yourself as much as you can because you know two or three days in you'll be quite surprised at how crappy you feel mm-hmm. do you ever think that you'll, you guys will go back on tour or tour again we've talked about it i think it'd be fun but we'll see like we just i just got a tweet today saying like oh these two bands should tour with you guys well i, I don't know like we'll see I, I really like just being around here and creating and stuff. Like, there's a different element to playing live and that I don't crave as much as I do writing. Like, I definitely crave writing and recording more than I do playing live. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do crave going out and performing live, but not to the extent that I crave creating. Like, okay, very so. interesting. Have you ever thought of doing, like, like ghost writing or um, writing writing songs, like, behind the scenes for other artists uh yeah like well that kind of ties in with my producing work Mm -hmm. and yeah like i've done some stuff like that like i i was playing in a punk band called elder abuse for a while and i helped them write their full length that came out last year yeah last year it's called burnt and um i've always helped like some of the bands that i produce like i've helped them when they're stuck but no one's ever asked me to like directly ghostwrite for them, mm-hmm. but you know, I would I would consider it. Have you, like have you, I'm, I'm thinking about like um, writing a song and then like trying to sell it to like an established artist, maybe in, right. like, in New York or in Nashville or Los Angeles. I don't know. I think that's a I think that's a tough case. Like I don't know who handles that even. Like you know, can you get started in that. I can yeah. sh- I can sh- introduce you to a really good book if you want. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're serious about that, because I'm just thinking because if you're so into that that process rather than the performing and you would and you feel that you have very strong recording and you have the ability to produce it yeah. which is a huge aspect of that part like if you can't you can people can write lyrics t- to the sun go down whatever but um recording it and making it sound like an actual pop song but since you have such a like a, you appreciate pop music i feel yeah. like that would be a really cool outlet for you i'd love to yeah and like it would be something that i would for sure pursue mm-hmm. i know a couple of my friends have said like you should try doing stuff that's like more like commercial style because like right now when you look at like the commercial music landscape there's not a lot of bands like us there used to be like some 41 and blink 22 and simple they all had their days as big bands but they're not anymore Mm -hmm. and now like everything's like very folky stompy hey ho not like lumineers i hate that stuff i i I like a lot of music but i can't listen to that stuff why not I just feel like it's they put more emphasis in making sure that it sounds like folky, foresty, woodsy music as opposed to like yeah. like writing a really good song. Like I feel like they're the the writing is a little bit thoughtless and then it's just like the production elements. Okay, we got to get some stomps and mm-hmm. claps and haze and hoes and and then oh yeah, the song, yeah, whatever, who cares? Just put that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So, and like, it's become so pervasive. Like it's in everything. Like they use it in commercials, car commercials. It's on, yeah. you know, it's on the NHL broadcast. It's all over the place. And you're just like bombarded with it and it just gets annoying. But like a few of my friends have said, like, you know, you could probably write a few songs like that and then at least license them. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But just a few minutes ago, or maybe like 20 minutes ago, you said you had no problem with the exploitation and commercialization of music. I, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't want to like make bad music oh. that I willfully don't like. Gotcha. Okay, so you're you're like you're totally fine. Yeah. You just, you just aren't, yeah. Don't like if somebody it. if somebody else wants to like commercially exploit their crappy music, I'm totally okay with that. I just don't want to make crappy music to ex- mm. just for the sole purpose of exploiting it commercially. Well, why don't you make good music for okay. the purpose of exploiting it? See, and that's <laughs> like I like I like what our band makes. Like I I'm my only reservation with what we do as a band is I hope that in ten years I look back at it and still like it and I still feel like it was coming from like a genuine place Mm -hmm. I hope that I don't listen to it and be like wow I was such a brat or whatever you know like I just hope that that's that's what I take away from it in 10 years but we'll see in 10 years right so yeah so and and you're worried about that but what what do you write about or what do you think you do now that would cause you to think like that oh I don't like I don't know some I think there's a there's a lyric on our first EP that says um, though the greatest depths of my defeat are a moment, I can't help but dwell on the furthest down I've ever been. And I like that lyric because it's almost acknowledging just how like much of a whiner I am. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, of, a lot of the songs have dealt with some <laughs> pretty like heavy stuff, like um, like alcoholism and, and addiction and mental health issues and stuff like that. So it's pretty heavy subject matter, and sometimes uh, I get a little bit wrapped up in that stuff. So I feel like sometimes maybe. I'm just a little bit like there's there's people who for sure have it worse than me. Yeah. So like, I feel like that's a perspective that I need to maintain sometimes. That you you could have it a lot worse. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you can <laughs> you can always have it worse, no matter what it is. Yeah. All right, and with that, let's take a break. Uh, we'll listen to the song "My Dream," another song that which was released on your most recent album. Um, it probably isn't, which was released in January fifth. People can find it on also all streaming services um, and band cap. And when we, when we come back, we'll talk more about, uh, I think the band as a whole. I'm good. Yeah. Are right, you listening great. to the Winnipeg music project on what UMFM.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 11.5 UMFM. It's Ashley Binyaj. I'm still here with Jordan from Bleed American. How Hello. You? Yeah, how, how's it going? Good. Yourself? Uh, good. Yeah, I've just been uh, just chilling here talking with you. Yep. The thing with with um, punk songs are so short. So. Yeah, I was. Yeah, like I think we did okay this time around. Most of them are like two thirty. Mm-hmm. Why is it that they need to be so short? I know, like when they're very high energy, it kind of makes sense for the maybe for the performers. Yeah. But your songs are kind of mellow. They're they are. They're not like you know, other than maybe the first track of the record, which is pretty quick and more serves as an intro. The 60 second no, one. Yeah, yeah. Nothing really is like overly fast or whatever, but I don't know. Like I just, now that I'm a university student, when a prof says I want 7,000 words, the first thing that goes through my head is what if I made my point by five Yeah. or four, three, mm-hmm. even you can make your point and you know, like I don't know. I don't. I I used to care about that stuff, and now I don't because of school. Now I feel like if I listen to it front to back and I've made my point, I'm not going to add anything to it. And as a mm-hmm. producer, I'm always cutting people's songs. Mm-hmm. I worked on a song last summer, and it was seven minutes long, and it repeated identically the same chord progression identically from the start to the finish. It was insane. And I told him, like, nobody's going to listen to this. It's seven minutes long. Like make Seven it, minutes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of a very, like, simple mid-tempo chord progression. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Like, just cut it, get it to the point, and then, like, just make your point. Yeah, how do they react to that? Uh, not well. No, I can imagine. Because, yeah, like, it's their baby, and you're telling them it's too long. and Yeah, but, like, also at the same time, like, you want people to hear it too, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, like, that's that's kind of one of those things. Like, some people just love to drone on i we're not a band like that like our record clocks at like 25 minutes and yeah. i'm glad like- i'm glad that it does like i listen i listened to it when i finished it and i was really happy with it i feel like as a as a unit it sounds good and mm-hmm. it makes sense to me this is an interesting point i'm glad you brought it up again like your whole like understanding that there should be different things happening throughout the, the song every 15 seconds there yep. should be um something new to catch yeah. someone's attention what are some things that you would recommend maybe someone who's listening who is a writer or me um who writes and wants to add a new kind of flavor or new okay. something that catches someone off guard i'll give you my like bag of tricks this yes. is stuff that i do very often okay uh on the last chorus take like the most meaningful lyrics of the first verse cut them and move them over to the last chorus and tuck them under the lead vocal whoa okay yeah so, so i'm trying to think of a song on the record that does that uh there's a song on the record called smile lines that does that at mm-hmm. the end oh i almost asked to play that one yeah yeah so there's at the in the last chorus while the chorus goes and there's a melody change in the last chorus there's a very subtle okay. one but it goes it keeps spinning while the time stands so those i never stop to look around those two vocals so repeat could it be like uh could you do like you have your course going and then you kind of have like a, a second like a inner voice moving independently but like yep. those old lyric ideas and then they just kind of they still kind of flow together yep oh i'm so excited that's such so that's, a cool idea that's and that's like something that i abuse as a trick like i mm-hmm. i do that all the time um what's another one that i do uh, i'm sure you've noticed there's a lot of like choir backgrounds on a lot of these mm-hmm. courses i this record i wanted to do that the one previous we wanted to do like really true to form like everything on the record is what we can play live yeah and this record we abandoned that completely okay so like there's like 40 takes of me singing on that last song we listened to i'm obviously there's only one of me so only one gets done live and yeah 
whatever else be damned i don't care like mm-hmm. i just i wanted to try something different so that's one that i like another one that's really cool is changing the lyric perspective from first person to third person that's a really cool thing to try not mid-song not mid like through the choruses like you could do two two choruses or like even a line like i think in one of our songs skid yeah, it changes perspective. The last line of the course is "You'll meet me there," and the last line of it's "I'll meet you there." And it's like, it just, you're talking, um, yeah, directly like, to them. Yeah, so like those, those are devices that you can employ that you can employ as well to like make the song more interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like with that one, you have to be very careful when you use it, though, because you could get you immediately lose somebody by changing the. Oh, for sure, for sure. So. We don't do that. Like, I can only think of one example in our music that we did that. Yeah. Um, there's a song on the previous record called Bloom, which also goes back to that uh, cutting the vocals back in for the last chorus. There's, like, there's vocals from the first verse, second verse, bridge, and there's, like, extra harmonies, like, the way that I've that they've been stacked and layered. They're just different. So, like, there's just different ways of doing like you can change words you can change note patterns you can change chord progressions one thing i've never done and maybe it's time that i explore the issue but we've never done a key change at the end of the song it just sounds really musically to me and i don't like mm-hmm. it oh, i love key changes i don't know and it sounds like a musical to me i hate um, i hate really? musicals i can't stand it what? why because i just <laughs> it's it's just wrong <laughs> i i for me it's like this is a this is a this is a theater performance and I like that. I totally have appreciation for that and that's a wonderful art form. But I don't want people to start singing at random. Just, oh, you don't like the whole idea of like it just breaking out into song? Yeah, I hate that. I but just, the songs as a, as themselves. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Like, like some well. of that stuff's great, but like I can't watch a musical. It just mm-hmm. weirds me out. Well, you could even just think of chord prog- and chord changes and key changes. Um sorry, key changes. That it's not just musicals. Like, that's, like, classical, that's jazz, that's 20th century, that's, uh, like, almost all learned styles of music do that. But I associate it most with musicals, because musicals always have the big key change, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in the finale, it's, like, key change. It moves up by, like, a half step, or, like, even maybe to, like, the minor third or something. Right. Okay. Bayside has a song, I think, that has, like, five key changes in it. It's actually pretty cool. It's really Mm -hmm. well done, but... My feelings were almost hurt when you said they come, like... All of my music has key changes. Uh, like, I'll change the verse to the the verse and chorus will have different keys. Right, but that's that's like again though that's like your own fingerprint, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how you approach music and that's how you develop your own style. Like yeah. for me, for me personally, like I always don't really like like a minor third for harmonies. I always like like a fifth. I think a fifth. I think it's a lower fifth. I don't know. My music theory is so bad. I just. I just pick the one I, that sounds nice. Yeah, the one that sounds nice. <laughs> and like I find well, myself. Why don't you do both? A minor third and a fifth. Sounds like Marianne's trench if you do that. So and they're not the only ones that do that. I know, but like once it starts sounding like Marianne's trench, that's what people are gonna say. Ah, uh, okay. right. Because they're so why don't like, you do like a major second or something and have some dissonance. I don't like dissonance. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, see, that's, that's really fair. But see, that's that's like that's the that's that's how it like for everyone. It's different, right? It's like, different, I hear yeah. I hear other people's stuff, and I'll go like, "Wow, I really love that. Like, that's so good. I wish for your yeah. I wish I could do something like that. And then you're like, "Oh yeah, but I don't do things like that. Yeah, it wouldn't work with your yeah. kind of 
image or sound. Like you hear a song and you're like, man, I wish I wrote that. And then you think about it and you go, would you ever write that? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. So you just appreciate it from like the sidelines. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So the advice you're giving is good and people who are listening take it into consideration and apply it to your style because if they start doing everything that you do it's going to like your, sound like your music or what you what you produce right yeah i mean you can always just hire me as a producer too and then mm-hmm. it'll sound like i produced well, it well there you go yeah <laughs> if you want a good producer to do that kind of stuff uh, a couple more questions before we go we are we are almost out of time yep. um but what is your proudest accomplishment as, or in um bleed american so far um, that's a good question. I'm really proud of a lot of the stuff that we've done. Like I'm, um, but I guess when we were in Toronto, we just took a day off and went and got our picture with the Stanley cup together. And it's like, it's my favorite photo of us all together. Maybe that we first tour, we were in the mountains. That was kind of fun too, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm proud that we can always be a band that like, I feel now, especially with having a second full length out, I feel like we've earned a reputation as a band that's going to deliver. Yeah. You know, like we're not, you know, we will have another record out next year and we, you know, and you can kind of expect that it's going to be well done. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've kind of, we've earned that reputation a bit by constantly delivering good music and like writing stuff that's Mm -hmm. built on what we've done before. So a lot of bands, especially local in Winnipeg, don't make it past the first length or even get to it. And, And like my favorite, my favorite you know songwriters you know there there's always like a comfort i take in knowing that they're releasing new music because you know it's going to be good like um you know if blink 182 releases something like something will be good on it like it might not all be good but like they are good songwriters (laughs) they are going to come up with something good Mm -hmm. and i feel like we've kind of developed that ourselves yeah so Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm proud that we're consistent that we consistently write decent material and yeah, I I just I've enjoyed like all the time that I've gotten to spend with them, like especially as I get older and like you know school and work and all that kind of stuff just gets in the way and like you know you drift a little bit further. Like obviously playing in this band's not like my main priority anymore, but like I still love doing it, and it's nice to be able to like you know get together as friends and and do that as as a fun time. So do you ever think you'll go back to making it a top priority? No, probably not. Like mm-hmm. I'm, gra- I'm gonna graduate this this spring. Congratulations! Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And our drummer is an actuary. He actually graduated from the U of M a couple of years ago. We're we're all like career guys. Like we're all you know approaching thirty and you know settling down and stuff like that. And that's great. But it's still nice to like you know relive the glory days. Mm-hmm. So okay, that's fair. That's totally. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, so for people who want to hear more of your music, you said you are going to have a uh, third album. Yeah, we'll we'll put out a, a third in, one next year. Mm-hmm, next year. So where can people follow you on social media to keep tabs on you? Okay, uh, I'm really bad at social media. Give me a second. It's at Bleed American CA for Instagram and Twitter. Bleed American Music on Facebook. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, we don't do any of the other. No, other. no Snapchat. No, that's no. for kids. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Bandcamp. So, All right. Yeah. yeah. And thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. Don't forget to follow the Winnipeg Music Project on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Winnipeg Music Project so you can find out about future uh, interviews and shows and podcasts that might be happening. Also, some exciting news is coming in the near future, so make sure you follow us so you can find out first. Uh, if you missed the first half of this interview or you'd like to hear more from the Winnipeg Music Project, go to www.winnipegmusicproject.com uh, or find us on uh uh, Google Play and iTunes for the podcast. Um, this has been uh, Jordan from Bleed American. Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I learned a lot from you, which I always love. Uh, I had a really great time talking to you. You're a lot of fun. Thank you. So if I you guys appreciate want, it. If you guys want to come back for your next album with the rest of the guys and, and promote that some more, you're totally welcome. I'll try and drag them out. Perfect. I'm the only one who is free at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. On, well, on we the can always do a pre-recorded or something. Oh, so. yeah, we could do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I'll, I'll have to convince them to talk. I don't know. That's okay. I'll make them. I'll, I'll look them dead in the eye and make them uncomfortable. I'm really good at doing that. Do it. So everyone on the band was recommending that we listen to this song, Summer, which is also from the new album. Yes. So everyone needs to make sure you listen to this and go, then go download it on iTunes yeah. <laughs> in the give band us, camp. Give us your money. Yeah, please and thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone, and stay warm. Stop, stop.